0: Welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Richards, your host out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Your other host today, Thursday, James Salinas in a mile high city, Denver, Colorado. James, how are you?
1: It's all good out here, partner. Always a pleasure to be back on with you. How's things out there in Sin City?
0: Uh, Buzzing, always. I mean, we're approaching the weekend, and it's getting more lively. Uh, As we get closer to the weekend and I guess return to normalcy uh, as things uh, continue to open back up and people kind of feel more comfortable and more confident out there. Yeah, it's kind of same thing here. Yeah. Right? It's, for us. It's starting
1: to. The, the weather's getting better. Finally, here a little bit today at least. Uh, so we're gonna have a nice weather day. But yeah, I think we're in the same. We're in the same place, right? We're just as, as as where we're at here in Denver. Things are starting to open up. People are starting to get outside. It's a very active city to begin with when mm-hmm. it comes to folks getting in the outdoors. And I'm partaking in that myself later on
0: today as well. All right. That sounds great. That sounds fantastic. Um, I haven't got a chance to talk to you since the, uh, the NFL release and dropped their schedule. Uh, We have week one lines out. James, I got several questions for you, but your initial thoughts on what you saw with the uh, big schedule reveal.
1: Interesting, uh, the fact that we're getting lines as soon as they pop out, and they <laughs> popped out, you know, at least week one came out early before everything was released last night for the full slate of schedule for all teams. And I think this is where, I mean, we're still quite a, like you said, a number of months away from when we actually kick the football off in September to start the season. But usually, typically, for, for me, what I look for when we go in early in the season, whether it's the first week and or kind of the first week, month, Pritch, is to look at which teams are, are how much turnover was there, whether it's through the personnel with roster moves and or with the coaching staff. So a lot of times early in the season, I tend to stick with teams that didn't had have, that really didn't have a whole lot of turnover with, within the organization. And I think that builds, especially depending on how they finished last season and mm-hmm. was there any momentum to build off of their finish towards the end of the season last year and how does that carry over into this year so right away looking at these schedules uh, looking at that first week schedule as some of these lines some interesting lines that were posted
0: yeah so let, let's get into that um, because I want to get your thoughts on the lines but I also want uh, to get your thoughts as a contest winner, because I, I love to remind people, James, about you. The 2015 Super Contest Winner, that's the big check. That's the, that's the big guy that you hold up and you, and you get proud of that. So from a contest uh, standpoint, too, I want to get your thoughts on the schedule. And, and when do you start to break that down? I mean, we have st- uh, strength of schedule. We have the opponents. Uh, you have the back-to-back situations, the short weeks. I mean, is this when that process begins for you as a contest participant?
1: To a certain extent, I mean, obviously, it's still so early. We got to see how these rosters shape out once we get into August and training camp gets going, making sure we're not having any injuries. So I don't try to put too much into this initially just because I don't want to have a a certain idea about how I think a team is rolling into September when we're so many months away from that. And we know things can happen. Uh, There's still rumors about certain players getting uh, moved around (laughs) to other cities, one here in particular. So a lot of things to still consider. But I think the other part for me, and this is just for me personally, as a better prior to my playing the contest, that 2015 win when I took that when I did win the Super Contest, that was the first year I actually played any football contest, and and the Super Contest in particular. Prior to that, I had done season win totals, and I had played future bets, those types of things. Once I started the Super Contest, I got away from that, and it's just for me, my process is I didn't want to have some kind of bias going into going into not only the season but from a week to week standpoint because that's the difference when we're talking about the super contest you've got to select five games and I didn't want to have any kind of bias say I had a team for a future or a team to win the division those types of things not only am I rooting for that team because I want that ticket to cash but in a sense if I'm rooting for a team to, to win a division per se Mike then I'm also rooting for those other teams within that division to lose and I didn't want that to cloud any kind of judgment when we're really talking about a contest that goes from a week to week perspective Perspective. So it's a different approach that I've had since 2015. Once I started playing these big football contests.
0: Okay, that makes a ton of sense. I'm great for. Thank you for the insight on that too, because I think that's revealing and awesome uh, to hear. Uh, so, a couple games that might have stood out to me. Um, uh, I don't know if they stood out to you this way. The Chargers, they've been getting a lot of respect in the offseason, even though they have a new head coach, a new offense coordinator, uh, all the love in the world for this quarterback. Uh, and then the Washington football team with a new quarterback as well. Uh, what did you make of that line, that opening line between the Chargers and the Washington football team?
1: Interesting to see that the Chargers open up on the road. It's a small favorite and sitting there at minus one. So basically, a coin toss, right? It's a pick 'em game in a sense. Just thinking about the Chargers, there's another team, one of those teams where, talk about personnel, they needed to upgrade the offensive line for sure, and mm-hmm. they've done that. But you've got a lot of new faces on that offensive line, and including the rookie left tackle Slater there. And, and as talented as the kid is, you're going into Washington playing what I consider the best front four in the NFL. So welcome to the NFL, rookie. You're going to get tested right away. But also the Chargers, Pritch, there's a team right there not only with personnel moves that they had to make up front on the offensive line to their benefit going into the season, but – new rookie head coach rolling in there too what is that going to look like from a coaching perspective i'm not going to say that the, the the new rookie coaches it isn't to say that it's an auto fade every time i have a rookie coach that comes in the nfl and takes over a new ball club but it's completely different from when you were a coordinator or a position coach whatever it was you had a certain focus that you had to deal with and and game plans and etc here but also now as the head coach there's a lot of things that aren't related to actual X's and O's on the game that bubble up and you're the boss in a sense that you have to handle don't know how that always plays out so it takes time from that standpoint of things that happen off the field as well as for coaches to really get to know their players it takes time you can watch all the film and the scouting reports you want and you learn so much through through OTAs and and through the preseason but ultimately it's some of it is really you learn once the games come on because we know really the preseason uh, take it for what it's worth, but when it comes to assessments, uh, it's more individual assessments, so seeing how that plays out in a real game takes some time, so not that rookie coaches can't step in and eventually start getting dialed in with their team. I just typically tend to bet against them at least early in the season, in particular for week one.
0: Okay, always, which uh, could be tough, uh, International Football League is a divisional game uh, right off the bat, and we do have that in the AFC East. We have the Dolphins traveling up to New England. Uh, New England, James, is minus two. uh, Home favorite and then also fans are coming back. So from what I heard as a casual better, uh, you know, the, in the cake or in the ingredients here from a home field advantage, you, you got three points at home. Uh, what about the Patriots uh, minus two against the Dolphins at home? Patriots, yes, yeah, below the three, right? So mm-hmm. if
1: that is the case and you are as the home favorite, given that given that consideration for a field goal, this is less than that. And, and you know, I think with the Patriots, how they played last year and, and not only with Cam Newton, all the question marks at quarterback that we saw play out, he is not the same Cam Newton uh, physically and I think also psychologically from a confidence standpoint that we saw, uh, you know, Mr. Superman busting open that chest when he was there in <laughs> Carolina. Uh, we didn't see that last year, right? He's been humbled and injuries have been a part of that too for for Cam Newton, but looking at this team as quarterback aside for the Patriots, this is still Bill Belichick there and the the consistency that we've seen over the course of the last couple decades in New England with Belichick and all the opt-outs that happened, especially on the defensive side for the Patriots last year, many of those players, not all of them, but many of those players have opted back in. So you have some veteran leadership coming back to that team on the defense Side there. Also the offensive line, I think in my mind for New England, they they coming in, got to be healthy for one. But now you, you've you've been able to upgrade. They had a lot of injuries there too, but upgrade some pieces on that offensive line as well. They did a lot of they were very active in the offseason when it came to the free agency, too, especially at the tight end position. And then looking at the other side for Miami, now this is Tua's team, at least for this year, at least to open the season, right? This is this is Tua's team rolling in there. A small dog in a sense, but now. Now, you know, you are the leader. They are looking to invest in you this year to see what you can do. And are you going to be the quarterback of the future? Kind of a lot of pressure that comes with that, too. And not that the kid doesn't have the mental moxie to, to take that on, but to go up to New England. And, yes, fans will be back in the stands. And I'm not a big trends guy when it comes to the NFL. Uh-huh. And for most sports, the games don't know, right? They only know as much as what you're doing in for that particular game. For this, But Miami has just always struggled. Going up to New England. And a lot of times, because they're going up in November and December when the weather is really cold, warm weather team rolling up there not going to be applicable this year, although they did lose the, the the season opener up in New England last year, but they've only won one time in the last 11 games. So the, it's just something that for certain teams just have a, a condition where it's just a struggle in certain against certain opponents in certain stadiums. And that fits for Miami rolling up to New England. So I thought that was interesting that, yeah, to your point, New England being less than a three point favorite yeah. in this case, kind of interesting to look at.
0: Okay. What about uh, what's the dialogue out there in Denver uh, about the Broncos I mean Broncos country up in arms I know a little bit we'll get to that um, but they are a road favorite against the Giants uh, to open up the season in 2021 quarterback competition at least right. now and rumors swirling around
1: about other quarterbacks that might alleviate that competition mm-hmm. namely obviously with Aaron Rodgers if that in fact would happen well, that's what I mean a quarterback, quarterback competition
0: and they are a road favorite against the Giants
1: Right. That's my, that's exactly what I saw there too. And, and I think Denver again, another historically playing the giants have struggled there. Now you're going on the road early in, you know, to open the season here, fans back in the stands, I think for the giants with coach judge really changing the culture there from last year to this year. How does that carry over? I think from that standpoint, as far as identity and expectations go about how to conduct yourself as a professional when it comes to your, not only the performance on the field, but really your commitment, to what that looks like prior to games and how you conduct yourself and what energy level you bring to practice and focus. I think he's cleaned that up there with the Giants. Still lots of holes on that team, but yeah, I think there's some excitement around the Giants, some of the things that they did in the draft. Now you have your home opener against the Broncos team to where all, all the, whether it's Bridgewater, whether it's lock and or all the things that swirl around off the field when it comes to rumors about Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback here in Denver. A lot of distractions. And we've got plenty of time to let that play out until we get to September when this game actually kicks. So number there is kind of interesting. Definitely would not be a game I'd be wanting to get in front of right now and mm-hmm. put a put a play on because we don't know the status of what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. But that said, if it comes down to it, it, Aaron Rodgers is not in play and it comes down to Bridgewater, I know how you feel with Bridgewater and Locke, if you, how you feel about quarter co- quarterback competitions and that it's him. not good for <laughs> There you I go right there, Bridge. Tell me. Tell me. Us, I tell hate us, tell what's up? Why don't you like those? How does that impact? Room. Well, and that's exactly right. And so where does that stand right yeah. here with those, like for somebody like with Locke and maybe some of the draft picks he came in with, how they might choose size? Is that what you're saying? It, they, it divides the locker room, they choose size, and, and uh, how does that impact the team, obviously, all, off the field? But then once they get onto that, onto the field, isn't, those quarterbacks, whoever makes that, whoever took over, right, aren't they still looking over their shoulder?
0: Of course they are. Of course they are. Um. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. Uh, I heard that for many, many years. And uh, so you have Teddy Bridgewater, people, he's going to win some people over. And then you have Drew Locke, who's already won some people over. Uh, So now you're going to have the players kind of decide as opposed to the coaches really having a true evaluation uh, because you're going to have your favorite. Uh, You're going to want to play for or play with a particular quarterback. And to me, James, I always thought the quarterback position should be defined and that should be the ultimate alpha when you feel like you have two, then I think you have issues there. And thinking about Locke, and,
1: well, what does that send? The message sent to the young quarterback, At you talk about the buzz out here. Buzz all about the quarterbacks, right? The three, right. let's just tall it the three with Rodgers. But aside from that, Drew Locke, where another draft pick, where, you know, high-round high draft pick. Big investment again where the you know the Broncos have been striking out with some of these quarterbacks since Peyton Manning left in the Super Bowl years that they had five years ago. Now, looking at this with the young quarterback here, some of the talk is well now maybe he'll he he'll be motivated to get out there and, and give his best effort. My thinking is for Drew Locke, if that's the case, and it took another player, another quarterback to have to come over here to get you motivated to now start to perform as opposed to before being that high draft choice and being the face of the franchise moving forward, if that didn't motivate you enough, then maybe you're not the right person for this ball club and that position going forward.
0: Yeah, it's always tough to replace a legend, uh, a Hall of Famer. I mean, it gets difficult to do that. Green Bay has been fortunate. That's why I think everybody has perked their ears up, James, when it comes to the fact that Green Bay was positioning themselves or or waiting for that moment or, or preparing for that moment when Aaron Rodgers was going to leave. And and so Aaron Rodgers is trying to accelerate that. And, of course, now Green Bay is not ready for that to happen because they don't want to let Aaron Rodgers go. But uh, here you go. Here's the drama with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, from a win total standpoint, from a strength of scheduling standpoint, we're going to get into all that for sure. Um, but this Aaron Rodgers carousel thing or this drama, uh, it just has so much intrigue, especially out there in Denver.
1: And I think you have to consider what is the impact of the distraction that that plays right. for not only the quarterbacks, right, for Locke and for, for Bridgewater, but the rest of the ball club, offense and defense. When those types of things are swirling around, you're going to be asked questions about that, and you're having to an answer. And they'll, you know, PR-wise, the PIO is going to have it. They're going to have the standard answer. But don't you get tired, Pritch, of answering those questions when it, you're, you really want to focus on what we're going to do this season <laughs> Yeah. on the field with who's on this ball club. But as a former player, don't you get tired of having those questions asked you and, and yep. everything that swirls around off that?
0: How does that play out as a distraction to to the players as well as the collective team? Oh, it stinks. I mean, every day you're going to ask, okay, who who shined the most today? Who, who was a better quarterback today? Okay, who are you going to give the edge to today? Like, every day you're going to get that through, uh, throughout training camp. And meanwhile, you're trying to prepare for the Giants. You're trying to prepare for the entire season. So I can't believe Fangio's doing this. Uh, but yet, you know, he's not Peyton's guy. as a new GM out there. So uh, I think Fangio's on notice. It may be another angle uh, when you're looking at betting the Denver Broncos this year as well. Keep that in mind. Uh, come up next. Uh, we often have multiple options when it comes to sports wagering. Uh, figuring out the better bet. That's what we're going to do. Let's come up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today, stop by any MGM casino on the Strip, be sure to have that state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the -the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions, must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. It's Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today. Uh, James, figuring out the better bet is always a challenge, but when we do, we cash tickets, right?
1: Let's figure it out. Yeah, what, are we it. On well, what are we betting on today? What are we
0: betting, Pritch? Where are we firing? Let's go. Well, we, well it's not on the, you know, in the media time frame here. See, these are the better bets we want to figure out for the National Football League. So uh, I just want to get your opinion on this when you look at some of these odds and these numbers and figuring out the better bet. So Pay over six sacks, he's minus 110. Or Najee Harris, over eight and a half total touchdowns. It's minus 110. So the exercise here is to figure out the better bet, and I think that helps us, and it doesn't matter to sport uh, moving forward.
1: Looking at so let's talk at the latter than okay. with Najee Harris over eight and a half touchdowns basically even money right a dollar ten juice here. Najee Harris stepping into this Pittsburgh team. This is interesting as far as what Pittsburgh did in the offseason, including the draft, where I don't know. I know later in the draft they addressed the offensive line, but Pittsburgh lost a lot of leadership and and some veteran leadership on that offensive line. And they were getting older and a lot of injuries, and we know that. But anytime you lose players like Villanueva and Pouncey, I mean, that just – gives your offensive line and Big Ben the confidence to stand back there so you've got some young players having to step in and fill some big shoes on that offensive line and then we saw Pittsburgh and the identity of them. Uh, that offense change last year was not what we've seen in the past and and we are going to be the tougher team up front and and dominate you physically at the point of attack. That's not what we saw out of Pittsburgh. A lot of short passing game and really impacted the, the play calling a lot more, almost two times as many passes as runs, so what does that look like for a rookie now having to step in that role behind potentially a couple rookies up front on that, where Najee Harris now yeah, goal line situation, be able to be the one to pound it in, but look at the other side, and you talked about Pay at the six sacks for going for Indy and you know getting a, if he's going to be next to DeForest Buckner I think that's going to command a lot of double teams so maybe that frees him up on the edge to, to get after the quarterback and then considering thinking about who thinking about the division for one for right. Indy and the benefits of being able to play a, a Houston team that's to my mind going to be the worst team in the NFL next they give up season. a lot of sacks over there
0: in Houston. <laughs> and, and,
1: and same with Jacksonville yeah. well, now upgraded the quarterback position but holes on the offensive line you get to play those guys four times. Plus, I think they get to play the Jets, so there's five games right there. That's a third of your schedule, basically, or a little, little less. That you might have some. He might be able to
0: do that in just those three games. See, I love that figuring out the better bet. Quitty pay over six sacks. I mean, that was pretty simple right there. Minus two, t- one, minus one ten. Um, the Browns plus one fifty to win the AFC North, or the Browns plus one fifty to finish second in the AFC North.
1: I think you'd bet both of those. And <laughs> okay. You, you, uh, I, uh, then you guarantee yourself a little profit. And I think here's why. Who do you, If it's going to be the Browns, to me, it's a two team race in the North and the AFC between the Browns and the Ravens. I think we just talked about Pittsburgh on that side. A lot of transition there. We mm. saw with Big Ben and, and really the decline, elbow surgery that he had the year, you know, in the offseason coming back, doesn't have the ability to to push the ball down the field with any sense of, of accuracy and yeah. really scale back what that offense was going to do there to me Pittsburgh is clearly playing for third and I think for Cincinnati Joe Burrow whenever he's going to come back they're not in the discussion to be able to get up there in first or second place but if you're looking at I I've, I lean towards the Browns to win okay. the division but if you take the Browns to finish second because I'm not I really am not worried about Pittsburgh being able to, to step in there and, and play for first or second in this case if you play them both now well, you've guaranteed yourself you know you put a dime on that right you guarantee a <laughs> profit.
0: So, would you do the same Broncos plus 450 to win the AFC West, or Broncos plus 450 to finish fourth in the AFC West? What do you do there? Too much
1: swirling around here at the quarterback <laughs> position. I, I think the one as far as fourth, no, I wouldn't okay. bet in fourth place regardless of whatever happens. And I know you don't like the quarterback controversy there, yeah. or, what's, or the controversy or the competition what's going on here in Denver. Don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but ultimately, regardless, Aaron Rodgers doesn't come here. I don't like the Broncos to finish fourth. Unfortunately, Pritch, I think that's your local team there in Las Vegas with the Raiders. They're the one that bring up the rear in the AFC.
0: Okay, we're we'll looking for that bet. Uh, figuring out the better bet next time on that one. Uh, That's an interesting exercise. I love doing that. Uh, Right now, uh, quite a few teams, quite quite a few popular teams in Major League Baseball are surging. Is it too late to back these popular teams? That's coming up next. Preakness is Saturday evening and the VCN horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, jockeys, track conditions, starting positions, and prior race results to find the betting edge. Whether you play the horses every week or search the terms exacta and trifecta once a year, our team is here to help you make the best bet on the Preakness. Visit vCN.com horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, and picks from horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley. Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plunk. That's vcin.com/slash horses. Welcome back to the show. It's betting across America, and we are presented by Betmgm. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, with you, uh, James. Major League Baseball. We got some day baseball going on. Toronto over uh, Atlanta, currently in the ninth inning, eight to four. Uh, Washington on top of Philly, five to one. Detroit four to one over KC. I thought KC might have a chance in that one, um, and then St. Louis. Uh, on top of Milwaukee one zero, do you have any action going on right now in these games?
1: No plays for these early games. A couple plays later this evening, but as far as these early games go, nothing no no action for me no tickets to cash or dump at this point for early uh for today's baseball card.
0: Yeah, you know what I, I talked about um one of those teams that was surging uh the White sox. Uh, They're playing great baseball lately up on the twins two to one. Uh, You know, I was going to break that game down a little bit with you. Um, When you think about what the White Sox have kind of established now, they've kind of established themselves as one of those dominant teams.
1: The lineup starting to hit the baseball. This is where it is. They're putting runs up on the board. You look at the just the last handful game. They got to the beat up on Kansas City over the weekend, but you know they've they've scored collectively. They've scored 40 runs in their last four games. Mm-hmm. This team's starting to hit the baseball. Starting to get a little healthier. Do still have some injuries up and down that lineup, but then I think the other side, the, the bullpen, like a lot of teams in Major League Baseball, Pritch bullpen still something that that not going to depend a whole lot on at this point if i'm back in the white Sox from a game-to-game basis but as far as the starting pitching lance lynn again another horse that they trot out there today as well as we not only with giolito i think he'll get himself righted as as the season progresses here i think sometimes these guys got to get their arms stretched out and i think giolito is one of those guys that's fully capable but also carlos rodon I mean, I don't know if anybody. I de- I definitely did not see that coming. How how special he's been early in the season, either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then the Yankees, the other team. Uh, we'll get to the Mets too, but the Yankees uh, right now they're minus one thirty uh, on the road against uh, Tampa. It seems like the rotation. Um, you know, uh, Stanton it has been that guy in that lineup as well. Uh, but the back end uh, for uh, the Yankees, that bullpen, man, they're they're electric right now, James. Uh, again, that totals eight against Tampa.
1: It, that's where thinking about the Yankees it's uh, Italians going on today. Yeah, I don't know if that one he's he's one that I really want to back here, but you're thinking about the Rays on the other side just it's struggling and they've been scuffling to, to hit the baseball and string together hits all season, you know, especially the last few weeks and a lot of strikeouts for the Rays and and I think part of it too is cash just continues to tinker with that lineup from day to day and, mm-hmm. and so you know I know there's a big book on analytics and and he's definitely partakes in, and does some interesting things when you're talking about the pitching staff and openers and, and some of the, the new approaches that he's been utilizing there with the Rays over the last few seasons. But I think with the when it comes to the lineup, we, I, I've seen over the course, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was looking at back the Rays or get involved with the number of their games, and I was looking at lineups from day to day, and you think about Rosarena, he was from, from the span of five games, he had hit in the one, two, three, and the four hole throughout about that first week uh, of a couple weeks ago and thinking, all right, well, it's a different approach. Well, it should be a different approach whether you're the leadoff batter or you're the two-hole trying to, right. to, uh, to work counts, move runners over, or the four-hole trying to drive the ball. And when you're batting and all these different areas i think it makes it difficult for these guys to find any consistency of how their approach is going to be at the plate because the lineup will dictate how that looks and if if it's looking different from day to day for those batters really hard to adjust uh, on a consistent basis especially baseball where they're playing every day
0: yeah absolutely maybe uh, they're just trying to keep things fresh james i don't know what's happening with that approach right there uh how about the rangers on the road against uh houston uh, Houston is minus 200. Big price right there. That total is nine. Not looking at the price. It is a big price yeah. there with Houston. And start, there's
1: another team starting to hit the baseball and, and- – you know, say what you will about the Astros, and they've had a few ups and downs. They definitely had some injuries as well as COVID through their through that clubhouse a few weeks back, but outside of Guriel, now Guriel went out last he homered again last night, but he went out in the eighth inning not feeling well. Always get a little apprehensive when we hear uh, somebody's feel, not feeling well in this day and age of the pandemic, but even if Guriel is not in there, this lineup is finally back healthy, and they are hitting the baseball. They're hitting for average, uh, and they're also driving the baseball, so they're second in the league when it comes to hits batting average as well as runs scored now you're going to go against the Rangers here in Fulton Evich now Fulton Evich he's gotten off to a really good start and he's been eating a lot of innings for the for the Rangers he's got at least six innings in at least four out of his seven games but also consider who they were pitching against and where he was pitching he was pitching six out of those seven starts that he's had so far this year pitching at home. They're not at home today. Mm-hmm. Minute made. They're down in Houston. Houston hitting the baseball well. I'm not going with the side with the Astros just because that number is really big, like you said, laying $2. But I'm going to bet against Fultonevich here and his outs. So the prop here on the pitcher outs was sitting at 16 and a half. Okay. Uh, I'm betting the under. It's a juice at $1.15, but I'm going under 16 and a half outs for Fultonevich. I think this is good going to be a big step up in class, pitching on the road against the hot Houston lineup. Mm -hmm. I like Houston's chances to knock him out. I don't think he goes six
0: innings. All right, I like that. I like that. That's aggressive right there. I like that. Uh, Miami Marlins at the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, James. Uh, The Diamondbacks are plus 110 at home. Home dog. uh, Eight and a half uh, is the total.
1: This pitching matchup was kind of interesting as well as the total. The total sitting at eight and a half, you look at the first five, it's sitting at five. We don't see a lot of fives recently. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot more fours. I haven't seen some three and a halfs. I've seen some threes. Now that's <laughs> with the, the the big aces out there, but the fact that this is sitting at five with Rodgers on the hill for the Marlins now just got named National League Rookie of the Month, started up, he, the kid's been pitching really well so right. far this season. He's less than a two, two he's less than, he's a tick under two, for for his ERA. They did stretch him out another day, so he had a day of rest yesterday. He hasn't pitched since last Friday now, so I think that extra day of rest here, I think that's gonna be an, uh, an opportunity to continue to stretch out the young kid's arm. On the other side, Merrill Kelly going for the D-backs. Uh, you know, he, he's he got off to a rough start early the first couple games. However, past three starts, only giving up five earned runs and 17 in the third innings. I'm looking at the first five under sitting at five, it's juiced to $1. 5 i I'm going to bet the under in the first five D-backs Marlins with the juice in my favor.
0: All right. I love that. Uh, Toronto gets the job done. 8-4 victory over Atlanta. Coming up next, we're going to return to the NFL Week 1 breakdown, but this time uh, with a strength, a schedule, angle. That's coming up next right here on v the Sports Ready Network. Playoffs with a risk-free first bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up and use bonus code VSEN600 and get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use promo code VSEN600 to make a risk-free first bet up to $600. It's a new customer offer. Paid and free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan. New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly if you feel you have a problem. It's 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, it's 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. It's 800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 800 Betsoft in Iowa. and Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It is Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today. James, uh, getting back to that week one schedule in the National Football League, uh, let's use um, this angle, strength of schedule, because I think uh, that can determine some thoughts. I don't want to form bias at all. um, But the Patriots, for instance, That week one against Miami. Uh, If you look at the Patriots' schedule, it looks kind of forgiving. It's like the NFL wants Bill Belichick back in the playoffs or something. Uh, They're tied for the 12th lowest. Uh, Their opponents, uh, 133, 139. They got three primetime games uh, and then one short week. Uh, So from a, a, a scheduling standpoint, how do you look at the the Patriots now? Do you you kind of change your mind with win totals or or what's going on here with the schedule?
1: We talk about strength the uh, strength of schedule, Pritch, and a lot of times that's really based on. Last year's win win percentage from this year's opponents. Right, this year's opponents. What did they? What? How did they collectively play last year? And and how does that rate out? Now, when I start looking at strength of schedule, now I'm not one that's going to sit here and I've got all these formulas and let me plug all these numbers together. I'm am not smart enough to do those things. And uh, but when it comes to strength of schedule, I think the other thing you have to factor in that I, for me, I do it week by week during the NFL season is. Not only when you're playing teams, how it sets out on your schedule, how they performed last year, but also when you're catching certain teams. So when I start digging into, you talked about the Patriots. So if, let's break down their schedule for a moment here. Looking at it, the first thing I do when I look at a, a team's schedule is I want to know where's their bye week. Where okay. does it land? Does it land early? Does it land late? Is it somewhere in the middle? How does that benefit? How might that benefit them? I think we saw last year some of these teams where their bye came really, really late, uh, there was a struggle for them, or their buy came very early in the season. I, I just think of Pittsburgh Steelers last year, and I know COVID kind of impacted when their buy was put in there, and hopefully that does not happen to any teams come in 2021, but ultimately, even if your buy is sitting there early in the season, then that's going to be a grind, especially with another week on the, on the schedule for these teams, so buys are important. You talked about New England. Where's their buy week? It's They are last. They don't have the buy until week 14, so i agree i think this the, the i think the schedule is favorable for them <laughs> in that sense of when they're going to catch teams uh, where they're playing etc but also i think the one the the one piece that can impact that team is The fact that their bye is so late, Pritch. Let me ask you this. As a former player, I I, I remember there used to be, at at one point, there was a double Mm bye. I don't know if you played in those days when there was a double bye. But as a player, was that something? What did you look at when you saw the schedule? And were there certain things you were looking at? And how impactful was that bye, depending on where it fell in that schedule?
0: Yeah, we had one bye. We obviously identified that. But then the cold weather games. Uh, You wanted to know where you're going to be in the month of December. And unfortunately for us uh, in Atlanta, we were always um, in Buffalo at night for some reason. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you look at the bye weeks for sure. uh, And then where's the cold weather games? Um, And then, okay, if you have a bye week like this later on in the year for the New England Patriots, they're going to have to manage that for sure, Uh, especially Cam Newton. I mean, he's getting up there. He's been uh, injured, often injured. So uh, they're going to have to manage that uh, with that roster. Uh, but you look at the lineup to you, uh, you look at that primetime games, that uh, the short week, they have one short week. It just sets up favorably uh, for New England. Nine and a half to win total. I think it's what, plus 125 to go over that.
1: Looking at that too, and, and New England, I I think New England's going to be much better. I, I don't know if they can be any worse than what they were. So I think for the Patriots, there's nowhere else to go but up, right? I think they they definitely bottomed and floored out last year with 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 the all the opt-outs and some of the injuries up front, and then the the poor quarterback play and inconsistency from that offense. Some of these games just not being able to to do anything offensively and right. really putting all that pressure on that defensive side. One other thing too that you have to consider when you start looking at schedules, you start rating strength the schedule is look at the, when they're catching their opponents. So I think that's the other piece too. It's not just when does this team play? When are the Patriots playing their games? Prime times, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But look at their opponents and each time, what are their opponents, especially as the season progresses, what does that schedule look like for their opponents leading into that game against, in this case, the Patriots as well? Have they had a number of road games? Uh, they, are they coming off their bye? So I think where the opponent's schedule sits it's is very important as well.
0: How about the 49ers? Strength of schedule. Uh tied for 12th. Lowest again uh, opponents uh, in 2021, 32, 138, and two. Uh, they have five primetime games, James. Uh, two short weeks uh, for the 49ers. Two short weeks? Mm-hmm. Where's the buy?
1: Where's the bye? They are week six. They are yeah. the first team. They are the they're the first when that the first week of the bye for the NFL is week six. San Francisco's sitting right there now. A team where, you know, you think about all the injuries they suffered, and and that's going to be the fact that stay healthy for one for sure but looking at where that buy sits Pritch did you want to have a buy that early in the season no. when you're just going to go and you got five games in Yeah. No. All right, we got a rhythm going we're mm-hmm. down now we're, we're feeling good especially when you wanted to get back from how decimated they were uh, you know injured from the from the injury list last year now a whole new momentum here whatever's going to happen to the quarterback position we, we'll debate that later but you want to redeem yourself from last year right and and just the the high expectations you had and how impactful all those injuries were and how devastating that was to their season last year you're ready to get out there and get after it if you can get through those first five weeks of the season you're off let's say you get off to a nice start four and one something like that you're relatively healthy you got momentum all of a sudden what does the buy to you do to you, Pritch? right there so early in the season
0: well, it's disappointing, to be honest with you. Your body feels great September and early October, James. Uh, you want that buy in November uh, and December if you can get it, but certainly early December. But, um, you know, you're playing into January now. Think about that. That buy for San Francisco is week six. Uh, and then if you make this run and you're playing into January, uh, good Lord. I, yeah, that's going to play some uh, mental games with you right there.
1: Yeah. And I think looking at their schedule too, it's when are their road games? Are mm-hmm. they favorable? Especially you talked about cold weather games. When do they have cold weather games? I also look at when the teams have to go to Florida. Are you going to Jacksonville? Are you going to Miami? Are you going to Tampa? Not late in the season. Are you going there early in the season? We know how hot and humid it is in Florida in the month of September, even through October it's, uh, for, with some of those teams as well. That can really be taxing on your body because you can do all the hydration and everything right. you want, Pritch. and. I, I, you tell Any games that you have had to play in your career when you went to Florida, say in the month of September, uh, that, yeah, you can f- you hydrate yourself all you want, but mm-hmm. there's nothing you can really do to condition yourself for not just the heat, but also the humidity and how draining that is to your body when you're out there having to compete.
0: Yeah, that, that is rough uh, uh, as you bring that up. Uh, just remembering that, James, um, <laughs> we wore the black jerseys in Miami. Uh, and those things, uh, yeah, the humidity. But we practiced in it too, though. So we were kind of used to that. Uh, This win total for San Francisco is 10. Uh, The over minus 140, the under plus 115 here, James. And I think uh, the 49ers get a break in the back half of their schedule there. They got the Falcons, warm weather. It doesn't really matter. Um, I'm just going to be up there and San Francisco, Santa Clara. Uh, You got the Titans. That could be interesting. Uh, on the road, and then the Texans, and then the Rams. So it's not like it's that daunting of a schedule right there for the 49ers uh, to end this regular season.
1: The bye week comes early, which right. is not a good thing. But t- exactly to your point, Pritch, you look at the back half of that schedule, and they, they do have to go to Jacksonville. And thinking about Jacksonville, but you're going to be going mid season. You're not going early season, so I think that's an advantage. Obviously, Jacksonville's still going to be. We know it's a team in, in rebuild mode, but mm-hmm. you're not having to go down there and catch them and, and, and you know early in the season, or say September or even October for right. that matter. So I think that's a benefit for that's a benefit for them as well. And then sometimes you try to figure out where are some of these sandwich games in there, but you go down that schedule and it is really the back half of that schedule. You get to, you're going to finish up against the Rams and who knows that could be for the division title, mm-hmm. but you get Houston the game before, however you want to treat that Houston game at home, the game before you have that big showdown against the Rams. Uh, I think that's very beneficial as well. So I agree. I think the back, half of that schedule is advantageous for
0: the San Francisco. Yeah. Patriots. That schedule was pretty weak. I I mean, I, I feel like I can suit up for the 49ers and go play for them with that schedule. I mean, come on. If they would have drafted Kyle Pitts, their Super Bowl odds are 14-1 to 1 right now. Division odds plus 200. With this schedule, James, what, what would have happened to the 49ers in terms of those odds if they would have had Kyle, Kyle Pitts on the roster?
1: I know it would have happened to us. We would have catch that fifty to one ticket <laughs> yes, on to go third. So all right, so uh, we're over it. I've passed it. I almost forgot about it. Thanks for bringing that up. But anyhow, yeah, I, I, that's where I, I know you really wanted that from. Oh. Not just the cash in the not just cash in the ticket, obviously, right? Which would have been sweet at fifty to one. But the fact that now you you're still kind of I guess that's where we're thinking about the quarterback position. Uh, to me, it's got to be Garoppolo right. starting, and until and unless it. something falters, <laughs> either he gets banged. Up, right, or just really crumbles. Uh, is he going to step up and meet the challenge now? They obviously moved up to three gave up a lot to go into that position to go draft their quarterback of the future. Now, how does Garoppolo respond to that and step up? Got to stay healthy for one, but stays mm-hmm. healthy. Does he step up and perform? Because I think, yeah, they want him to be able to, or at least he does in that San Francisco offense, to be able to meet that win total and play and get to the expectations that they that they want to get back and, and be a contender in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Right. They need Garoppolo at the helm, uh, but the schedule is very favorable.
0: They do. Uh, when he's healthy, they go to the Super Bowl. When he's not, They have losing seasons. Uh, It sounds simple to me. Stay healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo. That'll do it for hour number one. Hour number two starts with a bang. Bryant McFadden, two time Super Bowl winner with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He joins the program. That's next.